A lovely little bird sent me an email and said, Friendless has got a new song out. It's Left to Right featuring uh, Bianca. So I said, I want to talk to this person. And <laughs> he, here he is right here. It's Friendless. Hello, sir. Hello. Thanks for having me on, man. Uh, vocal House Groove. Uh, I guess that's what sort of niche it, it sits in, or would, would you argue vehemently against that? Not, not at all. I would, I would never argue with what my delightful publicist likes to say about my music, and she's, <laughs> and she's, and she's bang on about this one. It is, well, it's, it's funny because, like, writing this track, I really wanted to get a good balance between something that's playable and danceable and something that's also listenable because, you know, such is the way of the streaming generation. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So it's always that, like that little tightrope walk we're we're walking at the at the moment. So yeah, it's it's a, a vocal house groover suits me fine. It's it's got a few hooks in there, but one of the most noticeable ones are little pops at the top. Boo 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 boo. So much. Oh fun. yeah, yeah, you like them? Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I had so much fun with this track because the the groove of the the riff obviously is quite simple and very house music. It's very like repetitive, right? Um, so once we'd written the song, when me and Bianca had sat down and wrote, written the, the actual vocal as well, it was all about just putting as much little fun and interesting little weird kind of sound designy bits in there. So there's lots of little Easter eggs or ear candy rather um, floating about. So that was super fun. Yeah, it's a, it's a real banger. And um, did you reach out to Bianca or did you guys want to do something well, think- together for a while? It, exactly. It's one of those things where we've we've operated in the same kind of sphere for years, but never had a tune together for some reason. It was literally one of those conversations. We were doing a gig together on one of the on one of the boats in Sydney Harbour, and it's like, why the insert expletive here? Uh, have we not done a song together? And we literally we were both extremely tipsy at the time. And it was funny, actually. So we put in a date for the Tuesday following, and I got a, a message from Bianca in the morning saying, I don't really remember, but I've got in a diary that we've got a session today. And I was <laughs> like, yeah, so do I. And so I was like, she came into the studio and then and the next is history. And she's so good. Like, we, I think we wrote the song together in about three or four hours and then and, and that was it. You know? Did you co-wrote everything or just the lyrics? Well, well the, the I had an instrumental existing. She loved it. Um, and Bianca's an extremely good writer. So I would have to honestly say the top line would be 80 to 90% her. And I just sort of bounced a few ideas back off her. Like it's she's one of those people that that doesn't need your help to write, you know. So it was it was it was purely just more a collaborative thing. I think I had the idea for the repetitive hook in the drop, the left to right thing, and then everything else was was Bianca. And she, yeah, she's brilliant. For I imagine a lot of uh, new people are going to come to this interview wondering about Friendless. Do you want to give us the little nutshell, uh, your life in a nutshell? <laughs> in okay, well, well, me, my personal life, I started playing in in bands as a teenager. I was signed in a, a punk band, um, and then I sort of got forced into dance music after being a singer-songwriter for a amount of years by a lot of friends of mine who were DJs that started asking me to write top lines for them. And then I started producing myself about 11 years ago now. And then um, I started Friendless as an antithesis to the EDM fiasco, which became very tired very quickly for me as an artist. Um, And I wanted to do something a bit weird and left of centre. Um, so I started this little alias called Friendless and um, in about 2015 now, 
and I've just been yeah releasing records with Be Rich and uh, and uh, various other labels around the world since. And that's in a, in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah, that's great, mate. And what um, what bugs you about EDM? What what gets on well, your I don't think um, it was, I don't think it was like because I really appreciated it, and as a songwriter, it afforded me so much. Um, uh, so much, uh, you know, cr- creative outlet and so many great collaborations, so many great gigs, so many great opportunities. But like anything that becomes, that reaches critical mass, it just gets very overwhelming. You know what I mean? And there was, it became, I mean, it became very, it became like, it was like, it was like, like a dot com boom, but for music and people were throwing ridiculous amounts of money at DJs. And it, it really sort of, it made the, it was, it was equal parts brilliant and and unsustainable, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think as an artist, I got a little bit sick of, as a songwriter, it was very much write a, a deep and meaningful kind of verse and then have an uplifting pre-chorus that talks like vaguely about something uplifting and hands in the air and then drop into something really epic and then repeat. And I think it just became a little unfulfilling for me, not to say that it didn't do its its job and it's, you know, it works, but, yeah, I think I just wanted something a bit more challenging to my eardrums. Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess it was about 10 years ago uh, I think I started seeing very tall stages with a very many thousands of, of kids underneath and thinking, you know, wow, EDM is really going over the top now. Do you think it's pulled back a little bit or is it still well, at I that threshold? It, well, I think, it's, and, and as I said, and I qualify what I said, it's like I don't want to speak ill of it because um, I think that just informed my artistic uh, direction. But it really did bring dance music to the fore of popular culture. Mm. You know what I mean? So it's like when it comes to pop music now, you've got hip-hop and R&B um, and and dance music is sort of the driving forces behind all of the the biggest selling artists in the world now. So you can't you can't fault it for what it did there. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, it definitely did. Um, yeah, I think it's it's like anything though. When there's money to be made and there's a lot of people doing things for for when it becomes when the business, which is very important, becomes more important than the artistic output. I think that's where it sort of gets a bit. A bit trying, even though you know it's it's reality. <laughs> you know? Where you like to be a bit left of center, that's. I do. Fun. I think that's it. I think I've just got this desire to sort of be uh, to push against things. <laughs> you know who else is a bit like that? Flume. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, what a brilliant man! Never two songs the same. No. Yeah, and the new things are very different for him, yeah. isn't it? It's really cool. Yeah, it yeah, is. It's really cool. It's really well, good. It's refreshing I too, I think, because. It's like when you're where an artist has been that influential and 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 brought a sound as such a specific sound to the fore. It's like everyone expects him to do something that's really quirky, weird, and always like jilted. So for him to do something that's got more of just a, a groove throughout is like really refreshing. You know, it's really cool. You can, and I think you, obviously that's quite a conscious decision for him. You know, yeah, you can never guess what he's he's going exactly. to do uh, next. How about a little, little bit on um, songwriting in, in the studio? Like young artists will be thinking, okay, I'm sitting in front of my computer. The sonic world is my oyster. You know, there's so so many hundreds and thousands of of. Um, do you start off with a beat, or do you start off with a melody, or? 
Well, yeah, well, God, I can crap on for ages about this very topic. Oh, it's a very good a question <laughs> because, um, because of how accessible it is to make yeah. music now. Like, you know, especially if you've got the skills, you've got, you know, the MacBook I'm talking on, I can do everything from inside this box with a pair of headphones if I want. Um, and I think it's really easy because in lockdown, right, I had so much time on my hands and I thought, oh, wow, I'm going to be so prolific. I'm going to do so much stuff. And I did, but a lot of it was just like, just like it's just wasting away on my hard drive. And I find, especially when I sit down with another artist now, it's one of the most important things to do is like, as soon as we get in, we'll put our stuff in the studio and I'll go, let's go and grab a coffee. If it's later in the day, maybe a beer um, and literally do pre-production. We're talking about and try and conceptualize exactly what we want to achieve and almost give ourselves a set of parameters to work within because you can literally go from, you know, you can go off on a tangent so easily, which is fun, but I think it's, it's the role of a producer now not to just be a beat maker and a, a songwriter, but to really conceptualise a concept. And, of course, you conceptualise a concept um, and, and, and try and realise a, a, a vision and, and sit down and set, set your mind to that. I think that's sort of really important. Like back in the day when bands would get into a rehearsal studio and do pre-production for a month, you know, because everything's a lot more streamlined, even just a conversation over a meal or a coffee about what you want to achieve is almost as important as what, what snare drum you're going to pick when you get in there. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's a real age of the, age of the uh, producers, I'm sure. Anyone who's, who's, who's got, hey, I think this is a hit song and then other people might agree and then almost the next question is who's going to produce it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Isn't it? It's like going back to the yeah. 60s. Nothing yeah, really, really, got, really much got done. Oh, no, that's a long, long time ago. <laughs> but well, it's um, funny, yeah, know. because it's a, people conflate the idea of a producer or like an artist with like what the traditional role was, where it's just like, you know, you've got an idea and the producer needs to bring that to market in something that's palatable and sonically sound for, for, the, for the audience to listen to. So yeah, it's 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 really nice to have that kind of a holistic approach now. Given you know you can get onto Splice and get put together a, a looped idea of a song that sounds finished in in no time at all. Mm. But to make something that stands out, you really need to have you know a really good strong concept. You know whether that's derived from like one sort of vocal idea, one sort of melodic hook, one even just a quirky kind of rhythm. You know. Yes, songwriting is fun. And, oh, look, it I really wanted to is. ask you a funny question. You've got uh, on the art of uh, left to right, you've got hieroglyphics around it. I just wonder, did that spell out anything, like born to party or anything? <laughs> yeah, you I have that? no idea. You'd have to ask <laughs> Dugong Jr. what that actually says. And, in fact, I've never really thought to bother it because, you know, I'm an, I'm an ear aesthetic man. And I just trust him implicitly. And he sends me that that thing. And I'm like, oh, that looks cool. I'm really <laughs> I thought it might be something I, could have, I should have really just made something up, you know. No, like no, no, that's all right. Like, like some sort of Graham bass, like uh, like hidden message. Yeah, I thought it might, I thought it might be something fun. But that's all right. Well, what's what's coming up next, gigs wise, releases wise, um, through to Christmas? Okay, a couple of boat parties. <laughs> I'm playing. I'm playing at a new club called Label uh, at the end of this month, which is exciting. That's going to be the beginning of something uh, which will hopefully be a residency. 
Um, I'm going to be doing a tour down to Melbourne and up to Brisbane in April and May, May, I think. And um, I'm releasing a five-track EP in a similar time frame, I think, at the end of March. Very good. And that's all for now. (laughs) What's the best socials to catch you on? I've just followed you on Instagram. I think Instagram is the best. I mean, yeah, yeah. Facebook's sort of useless these days. And I have a, I have a very basic uh, platform on TikTok, but it's not really my forte. So yeah, uh, Instagram, Friendless Official, and of course Spotify, so you can get my streaming numbers ramped and on Slice Radio. Yeah, we're playing <laughs> you like we're playing you like crazy over here. Oh, you're a legend. Um, and just a reminder, Left to Right featuring Bianca is the single that you've looked purchased it if you want. We don't care, but definitely listen to it. Yes, do it. <laughs> All those 200. And listen to it again things. after you've listened to it. Just leave it running. That's yeah, what just I leave it. Yeah, put it on repeat. Just leave it running. <laughs> Thanks so much, Friendless. We'll see you another day. Thank you so much for having me on, Dan.